That's a complete bullshit lie. Me and Gothy actually saw a photo of you the other day. We sent it to each other and we were like, she looks gorgeous. <laughs> we were both so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> you evil witches. I'm Davina. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to Fierce Slay Talk. A decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond. Whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? We're here with the Queen of Belfast and she needs no introduction at all. It's RuPaul's Drag Race UK Miss Congeniality. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Blue Blue Hydrangea. I'm not sure I believe that myself, even though I've just said it. How's your lockdown been, darling? Oh, it's been great. That must have been scripted because we all know (laughs) that you definitely do not think that I'm Miss Congeniality. I love it. <laughs> Blue was, in fact, my inner saboteur, weren't you? Do I look grey today, Blue? No, you look gorgeous. Okay, perfect. Out I go. <laughs> I thought you just liked being a red wig and a silver face, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my lockdown's been fine. I've been stress-free, working away uh, from home, just like I was before Drag Race, so pretty much doesn't feel very much different to me. Blue, you've been getting really busy on TikTok, haven't you? I haven't quite, like, grasped hold of the nettle yet with TikTok. No, nor me. Because <laughs> I'm as old as the hills, and it's not really... I mean, it takes a lot of bloody time, that's the thing. I'm busy doing things mm-hmm. like having an actual life. But you somehow <laughs> are managing to do all of those, and also, like, do all your looks and everything else. So tell me about all of your TikTok shenanigans. (laughs) Well, I'm just like, I like to try and keep trendy and keep up with the kids and be like uh, the twink that I used to be. Through that, I've kind of fallen in love with like TikTok because it's just random people, anyone in the world can do well on TikTok. They just make a stupid video and it goes viral. And I thought, I'm stupid. I can make videos. So stupid videos. (laughs) It sounds great to me. Uh, And that... And creating looks, cre- creating looks, that's my favourite thing. I-, I plan one every week for a Friday night while I'm watching Drag Race, whatever season's on. Uh, and it's my favourite day of the week just to spend some time um, on myself. It's lovely. Aww. Where did you learn to do that, um, the makeup stars? You've done loads of different ones on there. It looks amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I suppose because I'm not very talented at dancing or sewing or acting or singing, <laughs> I-, I had to find something that I was actually good at. <laughs> And that's just having to be makeup and sticking the shit on my face. Very that. Uh, whereas, you know, I could do all of that other stuff, but in terms of the makeup, uh, no. So I much. mean, you look gorgeous today. Oh, you both look fab. Oh, you look gorgeous, Davina. Well, it, but that's only because I've got a bony face. Like, I'm not actually good at makeup, I just have a bony face, which, you know. Just does the contours automatically, like. Exactly. Yeah. She's like Skeletor drag. Me and Gothy actually saw a photo of you the other day. We sent it to each other and we were like, she looks gorgeous. <laughs> we were both so shocked. <laughs> you evil witches. It was like we'd seen a picture of Bagger. We were like, who's doing her makeup? But we saw this photo of you and we were like, who's doing Davina's makeup? Look great. I mean, Bagger at the minute is looking on fire, isn't she? 
She's just mm. doing a really quick scrape of makeup, a bit of a nude lip, <laughs> and a pair of eyelashes. It's absolutely sickening that she can just do that. A scrape is the act- absolute word. That is a scrape of makeup. That is. <laughs> so, uh, I, like, I'm always really interested where people get their names from because, like, mine came from a competition, and then I just ignored all the people who'd put things in and just decided it on myself. To be quite honest, that's. I've never actually made that public uh, that I just didn't, <laughs> didn't pay any attention to people saying I should be called Betty Swallocks and shit like that. Um, so so where, where did your name come from? Well, I always say that it was like my nanny uh, told me this is how you plant a, blue, a, a hydrangea bush. It starts off pink, but if you put some rusty nails in the ground, then it turns blue because of some a- aluminium acid or whatever shit in the soil. <laughs> And it turns blue. And I love this idea of something coming from a rusty nail into something big and gorgeous. And that kind of felt like my path in life. Like, very shy, naive, young boy, a bit chunky, a bit uh, femme. And then I grew up and took everything that life had given me and made lemons. Uh, But that's a complete bullshit lie. Um, (laughs) And I actually... (laughs) I actually (laughs) got the name because... I used to have a blue fringe and someone called me blue and then there was a Lana Del Rey song that started off with a blue hydrangea in it and I stole it from him. I don't like him anymore so I thought for TV what a better way to start off my uh, jump into the world than with a gorgeous uh, little story about my nanny. Yeah, lovely. (laughs) I totally believe that. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's adorable. Apart from when you said you were chunky. Oh, 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 chunky. I was like, no, I can't imagine that. Are you still a big fan of Lana Del Rey? Because she's been saying some stuff which has been quite controversial recently, hasn't she? Do you know, I don't ever think I was. I think it was um, being a gay at that time uh, and she was singing all these Born to Die and video games or whatever and and it was all like, oh, I'm I'm gay. I listen to this music. Um, But... (laughs) I wouldn't have never bought one of her albums or anything. And especially now listening to what she's, uh, she's talking a load of shite. So, I mean. <laughs> so you've, you've pretended that it's about your nanny. So can you tell us something that's true about your nanny? <laughs> um, she is, I was going to say she's below me right now. She lives in a little flat under my house. Okay. <laughs> and, um... I thought we'd stepped in some really dangerous territory <laughs> there. And I was like, okay, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and now I've asked about your nanny, and she's underneath. Yeah. Oh. No, no, she's not physically underneath. Me. Well, no, she isn't in, in some ways. Um, she. What am I talking about? <laughs> this is turned <laughs> Um She lives in a little flat below me, and uh, she's just a lovely wee granny, just very, very granny-licious, and um, she smokes menthol cigarettes, which have been banned uh, recently, and I had to buy her some of those little cardboard things to put in her cigarettes that make them taste menthol. Oh, my God. (laughs) The menthol smoking gran. Love that. Oh, very that. She's too posh for normal cigarettes. Oh, so you're you're from as everybody knows from Northern Ireland with that accent um, that everybody loves. Do, do you think it's as cool as everybody else thinks it is? I've always wondered actually. So while we're talking about Northern Ireland, it's like do you know whenever you hear Nadine Coyle talk, but except yep. every single person around you sounds like that. So I don't think oh, it's that right, great. Okay, yeah. So you don't <laughs> see it as any different. I think it's great, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's such a cool accent." But of course, you hear it, <laughs> hear it all the time. Do you know? 
It was voted the sexiest accent in the world at one point. I feel like that was whenever Fifty Shades of Grey was out and um, the actor, your man, I don't know his name, was from here and everyone thought it was dead oh, of sexy. Course. Yes. You're dead proud of him, aren't you, clearly? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I came on the scene and then it, it actually is has ranked the lowest it ever has this year, so I mean... Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's probably something to do with me. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. What's well, talking of the scene? What's um, I've been to Belfast on the scene. I don't know if do we know if you've been over? Yes, we were supposed to be doing the frock destroyers, but <laughs> Banga wasn't very well, was she? So it turned out being the the frock destroyed. It was just the two of us. <laughs> but we had a good time. Well, I had a good time. I can't speak for you. I had a nice time. Oh, brilliant! It was fun. Yeah, it was totally fun. It was rife. Covid tap period where everyone was. It was just before lockdown, and the week after, Davina messaged. Uh, I should put on Twitter. Uh, anyone that I've met in the last five days, uh, please just letting you know that I might have Covid, and <laughs> uh, Belfast was up in arms. Stay away from your granny. <laughs> <laughs> Me and and the girls from the the club were uh, we were in a group chat still from like d- days uh, gone by, and they were like, "We've all got Covid because of Davina to camp." <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the most glamorous COVID you're going to get, though, isn't it? Definitely. Totally. Davina de COVID. Yeah, for real. For those people that don't know, so what's the scene like in Belfast for those those who haven't been? It's very small, but the actual places to go for like gay people in Northern Ireland is very limited. There's only really uh, two bars, and I feel like Davina was at one, and then the other was right across the road. Um, so not very big, but. We know how to party. The gays in Belfast all know each other. Is that still... So the two that were there when I was there, and this is quite a while ago now, was Union Street and Kremlin. Is that still the same thing? Well, yeah, they're under one roof. So they would be like across okay. the road from where me, me and Davina were. So we were right. at Maverick and Boombox, which are the places that booked us. So we'll talk about them a bit more instead of... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How long have you been doing drag for, Blue? I don't think it's massive amounts of time, is it? You're not like Mm. me, who's been doing it since the dawn of history. I think it's like four or five years now, which is like long enough, I suppose, to... Yeah, I should probably be better than I am, to be be fair. (laughs) That's what I always say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, who was it that you saw first that made you go, oh, I could do that? Well, there's, again, I have like a story that I tell like people that's true and then I like have this fake story that's like the reality <laughs> <laughs> and my my tr- my fake my fake news story is um that it's Raven in season two she walked in I was watching it on a thir- Thursday night knee for 2am I ran into my mum and I said what is this this is crazy and she said turn that shit off you don't need to be watching that you've got school in the morning um, which the story's true, but definitely not my introduction to drag. My introduction to drag was actually, um, I used to be a huge fan of Hairspray. Uh, and um, uh, unless you'd, invo- unless you'd uh, say that John Travolta is a drag queen, I think then it would have to be Divine, because I watched the John Travolta one first. And then I went back and watched the Divine one. So it's a mix-up between John Travolta as uh, Edna or oh my God, Divine imagine. as Edna. John Travolta <laughs> is the reason Blue Hydrangea exists. <laughs> well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what about you? How did you start? I don't feel like I've never heard that story. Mine, it, it was just like a, a sort of 
I mean, really, it was financial. Honestly, it was financial. Paul was like, look, you're making no money as a dancer, but you can dance and you can sing and you're reasonably pretty. And to be honest, the drag queens in <laughs> Stoke in general looked absolute shocking pigs in wigs. Like, absolutely <laughs> dreadful. You know, it was real bin bag drag. Um, and... And so that, you know, the bar wasn't very high in terms of how you had to look. There were some queens there, though, who looked amazing. Like Destiny Dyson always looked amazing. Monica, Monica Diamond also looked really great. Um, Vanity Case was, you know, a, a much better looking drag queen. But most of the queens on the scene were just like, lay it out on the desk, bang your head in it and go out. <laughs> like that was that was the approach to makeup. Which now, you see, that makes sense why my face looks the way that it does. Um, so that was why really he was like, look, you're making no money and you, if you put the work in and you, you get your act together, then you'll be able to make some money and be able to pay your bills. <laughs> I didn't manage that for a very long time. And look at you now. <laughs> Sat in my bedroom talking to you. <laughs> Have you got a favourite Irish queen, Blue? Me? Yeah, or somebody that influenced you over there. Uh, there's a queen called Rusty Hinges who, who uh, until then, I kind of just worked uh, whenever I could get gigs. But she kind of took me under her wing and really helped me, uh, taught me a lot about speaking on a microphone, um, how to put a show together so that it runs well and is entertaining, what numbers crowds will like on what nights, stuff like that. She's very good. She was very good to me. Uh, I think if you're looking for like a, a drag queen that's on like drag race level, uh, I would go down south to maybe like uh victoria's secret if you've ever heard of her okay yeah uh, she's amazing and is like also very inspirational to me because it was like she was doing stuff like before anyone else in ireland she like kind of f- forefronted the the movement yeah of us all being better and prettier and bigger with hair and stuff so yeah but i mean you have had amazing queens in ireland for a, a good while you know you've got mrs brown's boys i never thought about that yeah and panty bliss who of course is Mm. is a kind of viral sensation for totally. uh, political um, speeches. Um, and it definitely, like, she's definitely somebody that I look up to and go, you know, there's somebody who really understands, to me, what drag is about, you know, that it's about pushing rights forwards. Totally. And that's been a really sort of interesting thing to uh, watch, isn't it? That as things have started, particularly this year and last year, as things have started to shift in Northern Ireland. Moving politically forward is, is has been incredible to watch, especially even watching back our season and, and me talking about, um, in my naive little voice, about uh, what's happening back home and, and now to see that it's all changed. This is going to be our first Pride. I know that we won't actually have a proper Pride, but it will be our first Pride where we will be able to marry the people that we love. And it's just incredible. Um, I think it'll still be an incredible day. Uh, even if it is virtual, you know. Uh, do you and your partner have plans then to get married as soon as this, uh, as soon as this is over, and we can, and you can be together with your family and your friends? Do I need to buy a hat? <laughs> um, no, we don't. <laughs> I mean, my again, my my TV, uh, my TV training wants me to say yes. Of course, we have something on the horizon. This, that, the other. Um, but no, uh, I'm okay just getting my hole at the moment, uh, especially during lockdown. Um. Get in my hole. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm okay. Just John- Johnson packs <laughs> up my suitcases. He-, he shoves it in me, and that's that's all I need right now. 
That's exactly as it is. Perfect. That's amazing. The the sort of it was so strange with Drag Race because the the week that you spoke about marriage equality in Ireland was the mm. week that it it started to be passed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a full circle moment. I think actually uh, it was like a few days um, before that it passed and then I was still talking about it on the Wednesday and it was just, or the Thursday or whatever day it aired, but it was just so crazy to look back like um, and see how far we've come. Like uh, the whole of Belfast, I, I mean, I know that I said we had a small scene, but every single person was out celebrating and, and just uh, thriving in that moment. And it was just beautiful to see. Yeah, I, I remember when it was passed here, it was much the same. You know, all all the queers were out having having a great time. <laughs> totally. It just shows you how strong the community is. So you're not getting married? Uh, I mean, I would love to. Uh, we were supposed to... Uh, I, I told Johnson that if he was going to propose, it better be like in Disney or somewhere gorgeous, like what we had always wanted to do, like a massive monumental moment. And Disney oh. came and passed. And there was oh. no fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> you've attached provisos there's already uh it has to be specific and it has to be a special moment yeah i just don't want it to be shit you know we've we've talked about i've talked about it on tv now there's a lot on the line and it can't just be <laughs> crap yeah there's a lot of pressure now you set the bar haven't you so who was it who was standing in the way of marriage equality who was it who was the kind of the the chief antagonist to that probably Big Arlene. Um, Arlene. Arlene Foster, yeah. I mean, uh, that poor woman, that's what you get when you don't have any gay friends, isn't it? <laughs> that hair, that haircut, bloody hell, that poor cow. Yeah, nobody to give her any tips. Like, for anybody who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Write her a letter. Look, yeah. for your face shape. <laughs> that, that hair. Yeah. Like, for anybody who doesn't know kind of anything about the DUP, give us a, a brief sort of rundown. You know, if I'm if you're the tourist board and I'm coming to Northern Ireland and you want me to have a little understanding of the lay of the land, who are the DUP? Oh, they're just old dinosaurs that have, like, a political position. Uh, they are Protestant. There's been a whole thing with Northern Ireland that Protestant and Catholic uh, don't get along. The are government is so overwhelmingly protestant it feels like it's not the full say of the the whole of northern ireland that they're always cutting people off and not allowing things to pass because of their beliefs yeah they're just old dinosaurs that have such a backwards view that have left northern ireland like 20 30 years in the past um so much so that even whenever i went to drag race i felt like i was learning things that i probably should have known for example, I think we had uh, we had like a dinner, a group dinner with the top five and you were telling me about pronouns. This is something that I never uh, knew about in Belfast because we are so far behind uh, in our thoughts that I feel like um, people just aren't even comfortable with different pronouns. I know that, that we've co- totally gone off the topic of DUP. No, 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 no. no. I, I think actually it's very, it's very kind of tied into that really. Yeah, the, very the much fact so. That, um, because Christianity is a, a sort of, basis of thought anyway is very much about the gender binary you know that's tied into most of the thoughts and that there are set roles for men and there are set roles for women and you must not deviate from these you know because it's it's like all religions and you know it's just a form of control it's another type of um governance but without being you know it's it's tied into oh if you don't do this you'll also burn in hell (laughs) (laughs) very so, um, <laughs> you know, so 
absolutely, you know, those conversations come from uh, Christianity. Because especially with the Black Lives Movement thing happening now and the discussion around black trans lives particularly, these are Western concepts about a gender binary. You know, before that, it was a, a much richer discussion about gender in Africa and in the United, well, in uh, what is <laughs> what is America, in the Americas. You know, yes. it was it was much more nuanced and the same in India and Australia. And it was it's really a, a Western idea that's been exported through Christianity into the rest of the world and colonization. Um, and and so having those discussions actually is about disrupting those uh, those those ideas, the idea that there is only two genders. Um, so no, absolutely, it is tied into um, the politics in Northern Ireland. Totally, yeah, Cause, yeah, because these conversations weren't happening, and and again, that's something that I've like you were saying uh, with the Black Lives uh, Matters movement. Uh, I've learned that you have to have these conversations to learn, and uh, and without them, you're you're only hearing parts of the story that you are being broadcast to you and that, um, yeah. and especially uh, for your kind of race and stuff, like I'm only hearing like the white side of it, you know, um, but it's, it's lovely to learn and to feel guilt and to, you know, um, better myself. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have a better understanding, isn't it? Totally. Which I was doing on Drag Race because I, I, I again, I came from somewhere where there's so much on the news and stuff about everything, but, pronouns and and uh maggie thatcher doing that article what a 68 or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 28 yeah she's only one number off everybody's favorite baby <laughs> <laughs> it's all about learning yeah and i think that's you know that's one of the things is that there's there's lots of things that we can learn from people who are older and then there's mm. you know some things which really rightfully need to be sort of left in the past and that's part of why i you know i have a real strong sense that um, religion and politics should not be uh, aligned with each other. Like they, you know, you shouldn't be bringing in your belief system about religion to your politics because then you're not serving the people around you. You're making moral decisions on their spiritual life rather than what's actually going to help them while they're actually here, you know. Totally. These ideas have been placed on top of us by other people because of doctrine that is 2,000 years old. That does not make any sense. Yeah. Just because it's an old book does not make it any more uh, important. You know, yes. uh, Emma and by Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice are old books. But then they're not as relevant to today as something written in the last couple of months. So why, just because a religion is older, when people had less scientific understanding of the world and needed that, are we are we holding that up as something to go, oh yeah, actually we should live our lives by this? That doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense to me. I'm not like very politically minded, as I'm sure you can tell. Just being uh, surrounded by people that I love in Northern Ireland and not being able to marry them was of course like part of my story. And it's part of like the thing that I wanted to bring up and talk about. And I'm just like a very like empathetic person. I'm, I like, I like always want to better myself and, and the, and the, the world for the people around me. So I'm still learning. I'm no Davina. I'm no, um, <laughs> I, I'm no Crystal, who's also very smart, but I'm, I'm just trying my best. Cause I mean, we've got this platform now. I knew that we had the platform when we were on, on the show and we had best, but better use it because people who are, are not using it. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, are not doing anything worthwhile. No, exactly. 
I agree. We we actually had this conversation um, the other day. You know, it's that it's that quote, isn't it? The only thing that uh, evil men need to succeed is for good men to stand back and do nothing. Totally. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So use your voice, kids. Get out there and talk. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> So one on on the show, one of the most iconic moments that we have to talk about, um, which has stayed with everybody, and we've just mentioned uh, the name earlier as well, um, was the Frock Destroyers. Um, I bet neither of you had a clue how massive that was going to be. I mean, I was in it, so obviously it was going to be a success. <laughs> <laughs> when we were there, like I knew that something that was happening because it just felt right. It felt very like fun and camp and and just like something was happening. It didn't feel I didn't know we would quite make the charts and stuff like that, but I definitely thought this is one of those iconic moments that is going to go down in in drag race history. Yeah, I mean mainly you saying despunk my balls. That was the iconic <laughs> moment of the entire series, I think. <laughs> and then M and E K being like <laughs> oh my god oh my goodness oh that was brilliant he, he was so shy he was so shy yeah. i feel like he did not expect what we were ready to bring to to him uh but yeah it's really cool i, I love it and i like what better people to work with than you and bagger just good fun. oh that's nice to say i mean bagger absolutely me uh, not so sure oh i would i would have put it the other way around bagger's <laughs> a hot mess <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's not that bad. The, uh, it's been played constantly in gay bars uh, since then. You've both toured performing the song as well. Are the three of you sick of it yet? I, I'm not sick in the slightest. I'm, but I, like I'm one of those people who's got quite a high... I've got quite a high boredom threshold anyway. Like I used to do a show out in Ibiza and it was the same show every night, seven nights a week for six whole months. And it... You know, by the end of it, you are like, I don't want to look at my face. I don't want to do any of these numbers ever again. But then once you've been away and you come back to it, you're like, oh, actually, this is fine. Get back into it. And it must be nice to see each other again. And then you're like, let's do this. So it sort of comes with that as well, which is probably really nice. Totally. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. Like the first ever time we saw each other to do it since the show, like uh, it just felt right, didn't it? And, I, and to, to answer your question before, I would I would never be bored of it. it like, I just yes. think it's great. And and if, if I do get bored of it, I listen to Filth Harmony, realise how shit that is, and then I, I find... <laughs> I have a newfound love for Frog Destroyers again, you know? Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. That's fantastic. i got to be honest, I haven't listened to it at all since the show. Have you not? It's, there's no, no need to. No, no worries there. Filth Harmony, no. The best bit is Cheryl. Yeah. And that says a lot. what's it like touring with our lady d Uh, oh it's great uh she's always on time she always knows what's happening uh the only thing i I would say to her is to um get like a memory pen or something to have your tracks on because your phone is always a nightmare (laughs) 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 she always has her tracks on this like old ancient brick phone and she's like can you get my tracks off this no, we can't. We've been through this at every club. I don't like giving people my backing tracks. Very I don't true. like it. I've, I've spent time cutting it up. You know what it's like. You go and you do a gig at some 
like backstreet drag club and they steal your bloody totally. backing tracks i spent time and money on that oh yeah i did not know that happened oh my god that's so shady loads of girls who like especially when drag race girls have come over and they've you know because a lot of the time drag race girls pay somebody else to do their tracks for them so it's all done it's all cut and it's beautiful and the sound is all great and they just go oh well i'll just keep that on my laptop totally they do yeah how rude if there's somebody like a door comes over and she's got the um you know obviously she has the the instrumental version so there's no vocal of it well they do that and then they'll sing her song it does happen the girls in my bar are still doing like a mix from Alyssa Edwards from like 2017 that they'd <laughs> stolen. <laughs> oh, really? Because you're not going to get away with it because someone's going to post a social media video, aren't there? Someone doing it and you're going to be like, hang on. Yeah. That went, but that's yeah. the thing, you know, the, I know what drag queens are like. Most of us mm. are very busy people. There isn't that many hours in the day. You spend two of them putting your face on before you can even get on stage. So if you can swipe somebody's number... <laughs> so then Davina what's it like touring with Blue brilliant Blue is so much fun always she's always up for a laugh her and Bagger will go out and get drunk and I'll go back to the hotel because otherwise I can't sing I mean Blue doesn't <laughs> sing anyway so that's fine no not at all <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I made it in the charts I know yes. I mean look at Jerry Halliwell she made a career out of it yeah exactly totally. if she can do it you absolutely can um, <laughs> yeah no it's great like I love I love working with Blue and with Bagger to be to Bagger. be fair we all we all get along really well and that's what makes it I think that's part of what made it work you know there was no like oh I'm the star or she's the star or it has to be this you know it was just we're going to be a girl group and everybody's yeah. going to do their little bit and we're all going to work together to make it make it work and I think that's yeah. part of what made it work that nobody was kind of jostling for centre stage maybe what I enjoyed a bit more about the UK one was how you guys all got on as well um, and don't maybe see that much so, so much in the US version I don't think <laughs> <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <you're rich. laughs> I think with the oh. US version like the girls are really aware of how to get more screen time. So some of them yeah. come in with a specific agenda to come in and disrupt and cause trouble and cause drama because it will create more airtime for them. Right. Um, but I think what we've seen, you know, in in season 12 is that actually people are better received when they're not that. You know, if you're mm. not that, that constant drama fueling, you know, <clears throat> People all talk about the drama, but then the what quite often happens is that the girls who cause all of that drama and are just argumentative all the time, yeah. they're not very well liked. No. So when it comes to actually mm. working after the show, yes. it's more difficult to get the gigs because people didn't like you as much. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Very much so. They take themselves very seriously, whereas none of us were. And we also had something to prove to like the, the years of Drag Race that had been... Uh, already on our televisions we wanted to be like we're the first uk ones we're just as good in fact we're more fun and friendlier and better yeah yeah i would say that did you feel that as a pressure blue because I, I know i did like i really felt the pressure of it being the very first one how did how did you feel about that i don't think that crossed my mind that much um apart from like whenever we were there like i knew that we wanted to make it like fun and good but uh, prior to that the only thing that i wanted to do was make sure that i looked as good as them 
Right. I feel like it's it's become its own thing now. Like if you look back to seasons like two or three of Drag Race, they're wearing like uh, pre-mark or, or clothes or whatever. But like now it's like a whole thing to 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 look incredible every single time. So I try my best. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't that much of a pressure otherwise. Um, apart from just us wanting, to, like I just wanted to be as good because a lot of people had a pre preconceptions of it. Uh, and um, I think we fucking killed it. <laughs> oh, most definitely, definitely. We've had um, we've got a question, and I don't know how you're going to react to this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we've had a question wait. sent in. I'm just glad that I'm not part of this. Um. This it's podcast from, is very fancy. I mean, I'll tell you what, i tell you. <laughs> so it's from Georgia Thompson from South Shields and she wanted us to play a little game with you of okay. snog, marry and kill. Okay, sounds easy. Okay. So uh, the choices are bagger, Cheryl or scaredy. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's hard. I, well, no, it's not that hard. <laughs> Who am I going to kill? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely snog Scaredy. Just, I think Scaredy's pretty. Is it like yeah. very, a very handsome young they? Uh, and uh, I would, I don't know. Sometimes I can't stand Cheryl. But I think more so I can't stand Baga, so I'd have to kill her and marry uh, Cheryl. I think even if I was to marry Cheryl, like, who really talks to their wives, you know, or their husbands, you know? <laughs> I could just go out the back and meet Scaredy around the corner and that's that sorted. <laughs> oh my God. Poor Baga, she's in the bin. That's it, done. Davina, would you be willing to play? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, uh, if it was these people, yeah. I would, um, oh God, I'd snog Scaredy, it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I I would mag- marry Bagger because of all the money. <laughs> money? I, that was like, it did cross my mind. <laughs> so then I'm afraid I'd have to kill Cheryl, which I don't want to kill Cheryl. I love Cheryl, but I'm afraid Cheryl, the time has come. boom (laughs) (laughs) that's all over I think I'd have to do the same no Cheryl would be married Scaredy would would be kissed yeah yeah and Bagger yeah and Scaredy would be kissed and Bagger would be killed but Bagger is funny though yeah she is yeah she's great so I don't know whether she'd be worth having round for the entertainment value. It depends, you know, on anything else, I suppose, you'd have to do. <laughs> you would have to do everything for Bagger. You would have to... If you marry Bagger, you would have to do her washing. You'd probably have to do her makeup and her wigs. She'd you'd oh, cook her God, food. Oh, God, no. That sounds like a full-time <laughs> job. No. We get married. I give it three months. And then I divorce you. And I take half of your money. <laughs> Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Have you guys got any other funny stories or memories with each other on tour? I think my favourite memory is the video that went viral. We were in Birmingham at the Nightingale <laughs> and um, they had these, I, I don't know what you like a CO2 cannon behind us. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we, we just get to break up. So our arms are out like this and they set off this cannon behind Bagger and her entire wig in one piece 
just folds across her face. So she's got her arms up and her wig is all across her face. And she's just stood there going like, I wanna pick up the mic <laughs> with this. And then she sort of scoops it with one hand and the whole wig again, just in one piece, yeah. just goes straight back behind her again. Straight back. It was so oh funny. But the video's online, you can find that. I don't know where it is, but it's online somewhere. That's probably my favorite thing. So I'm making a note, Bagger Birmingham. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Blue? Anything stand out for you? The most uh, crazy moment to me was DragCon UK whenever we went out and performed, and that crowd of people was incredible. I mean, that's not, it's not really a funny story, but it like was one of those moments where you stand back and you're like, how am I part of this? It's crazy. And they were all singing it and they were all dancing. It was it was crazy. Perfect. Did they know all the routines, I bet, and things like that? Yeah, yeah. There was. I mean, how many people were there? It was like 10,000 people were in there. And they all stopped as soon as they heard it. Da, yeah. Da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Stop what they're doing and make their way to you. They were doing my dance routine. Ah, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just so we can clear this up on here as well, just in case. So the the arms in the air and the punch bit, that was blue. That was not my choreography. I just put it where it went. But that's Blue's particular bit of choreography right there. Yeah, because we watched the episode exactly. back, was it last week? And the bag at the end is like, oh, Davina just did all the <laughs> dance routine and this. And I was like, you are a lie, bitch. <laughs> And I remember all the comments were like, the frock distress are amazing, but why did Blue get a badge? But I did just as much work. Absolutely. Oh, well, more yeah. in some ways. Because you straightened all the wigs and helped with making the little stupid dress things. And Do you remember those? They were yeah. cute. I wonder what Gross. happened to them. They we probably terrible. could have sold them off. No, they should have just gone straight in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with your Blue Peter badge, Blue? Or your Blue Peter badge, your, uh, blue, your Rue Peter badge even. Do you wear it to the supermarket and stuff? Is that the deal? No, I was scared of losing it. And then for a while, I actually did lose it. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, but it, <laughs> oh, no. it's now in a safe, um, in a very safe place um, that only Johnson has the keys to. So only my boyfriend can get into it because um, I would lose the keys. Um, yeah. So very, very safe. I want to hang it on a wall, but I want, I want it to be like the first decoration I put up in like, a, a new house. Because how, how monumental oh, would that be? Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's really sweet. That's a nice idea. I'm going to put mine into a frame so they can all be in a frame together. Oh, and yeah, then, all three. Know, and then that way, I'm never going to lose them. So then I could just pin them in, hang it up. There it is. Never think about them again. <laughs> Do you have a separate frame for where the crime would, could have went? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I bought a glass cabinet for it. I'm fuming. Absolutely fuming. Oh, it just has a thank you for coming letter in it. I've put it on a Facebook marketplace, but it's not gone yet. Oh. Nobody's interested. <laughs> Blue, if you were asked to do All Stars, would you do it? Of course. Uh, not only for the money, but I feel like... I <laughs> <laughs> what money? It'll be more badges. I'm okay with that, to be honest. Maybe I'll be able to fit three in a little case like you can. That'd be something, wouldn't it? I feel like whenever I was on Drag Race, like, I was so naive, so quiet, um, shy. I, I was watching myself the other day and it was like, um, it was almost like I was just like talk there to fill a gap in the chat sometimes. I was like, that is not me. Like, 
uh, I've changed as a person and a queen. And I feel like if I went back, I, I would at least be able to show that, even if it was just for one episode. But I do think Cheryl will go home before me, so it's all good. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> so you would go back to All Star. Yeah. What have you got lined up for the future? Because you know, Miss Corona has put a bit of a stop to lots of things, hasn't she? So what have you got planned in for when Miss Corona is done and dusted and out of the way and she's dead? Well, we're going to Australia, aren't we, in November, uh, which will be amazing. We I'm doing the whole Hydrangea tour uh, at the end of the year as well, December, I believe. I have makeup that's coming out, a makeup line. Oh, Ooh. how exciting. Yeah, some eyelashes, some lip colours. Uh, very exciting with a, a local brand to me um, in Belfast. I don't know whether I, I could say this based Absolutely. on when this is going out. Tell me, yeah, tell, tell me. Um, but yeah, it's it's coming out the last week of um, July, roughly. It's to celebrate Belfast Pride. Um, and it's all very exciting. Some music, potentially. <laughs> um, oh, really? Not my music. I mean, a potential collaboration for music. Oh, that sounds very exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited to find out who that's with. So how can everybody find you on social media and all of those things? Uh, I'm Blue Hydrangea underscore on, on pretty much everything. Um, trying to build up my Instagram and my TikTok though. So go there first and then the rest doesn't matter that much. Okay, Perfect. Well, I've had a joy chatting with you today, Blue. It's been wonderful. But I, yeah. I appreciate being invited. I, I'm very thankful and uh, I best wish you the best of luck with it in the future. No worries. It's a pleasure talking to you. Can't wait to speak to you again. And I'm sure I will see you soon. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it, come take it, all yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy it at the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.